coaches, what's going on? You're tuning in to keep your pads down. We got our hand in the ground, butt in the air, and your QB in our crosshairs. That's right. We are the podcast for all things defensive line play. So wherever you're listening, thank you for checking us out today. Well, if you are a regular listener of this podcast, then you're well aware that we celebrated our 100th episode last week. And to celebrate, I'm going to Disney World, baby. Seriously, we're on spring break this week. So me and the, the wife and kids, uh, minus our 16-month-old, are down in Orlando at Disney World. And we are super excited. And, and yeah, you heard that right. We made the executive decision to leave our youngest behind with grandma rather than take him with us. And if you think that's cruel, then you obviously have not spent much time around a 16-month-old. Anyway, even though we were on spring break, we were rocking along with another great episode for you and getting back to talking D-line play this week. Now, as I already mentioned, we had our 100th episode this past week and brought back five former guests for that show, and the feedback from that episode was great. So once again, thanks to Coach Trayvon Bigelow, Coach Aaron Now, Coach Jeremy Hickman, Coach Sean Wynn, and Coach Braden Cover for joining me for last week's episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we also gave away two free T-shirts this weekend as we celebrated our 100th episode. There were two ways you could have entered to win your free T-shirt. The first way was to tweet at us and tell us your favorite KYPD episode, I think, based on the reaction from you guys. Uh, a lot of you like Coach Regalado, so he's still hot. So, so congratulations, Coach Regalado, for being the, the people's choice uh, as far as favorite KYPD episodes. So, so besides telling us what your favorite KYPD episode was, you could have also left us a five-star rating and a review. And our winners of those free T-shirts are as we announced yesterday, for Coach Salvador Santos and Mrs. Coach Robert Irwin, the wife of Coach uh, Irwin, who uh, is a former guest and guest host of this podcast. So congratulations to them, and thank you for being loyal listeners to the podcast. Now, if you didn't win a free shirt, don't cry about it. You can still visit our merch store and order you one, okay? Last week, everything was 20% off, and I tell you what, since it's spring break for me, and I'm feeling extra jolly. I've extended that sale on it this week. So go ahead, head on over there to the KYPD merch store, pick up your KYPD t-shirt, and be the envy of the coach's office. Be sure to enter the promo code KYPD100. That's KYPD100 for 20% off your order. Uh, do that when you check out to get 20% off your order. That's KYPD100. All right. Now, in today's episode, we're talking with Coach Sean McAuliffe, the athletic coordinator and head football coach at Cypress Ranch High School, a 6A school in the Houston area. Coach McAuliffe is a longtime defensive line coach. And as I mentioned in our conversation here in a bit, we both spent time at, at Kerrville Tybee High School as the, as the defensive line coach. So, of course, we're going to talk about that today. And then we get into the Mustangs' odd front, the different techniques they play in that front, two gapping defensive ends, D-line footwork, and taking on double teams. But first, I got to tell you about our podcast sponsors for season three, starting with Our Coaching Network. Our Coaching Network is a new football coaching platform connecting coaches from all levels and helping them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights of most weeks. I'll have 150 plus hours of high quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred back to at any time in the future. Now, this week, uh, they actually have clinics Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights. And if you're a D-line coach, then you should check out Monday night's clinic with Saskatchewan Rough Riders D-line coach and former KYPD guest, Coach Ben Olson, who will be presenting on manipulating pass protections, and that clinic will roll off at 7.30 p.m. Central. There will also be clinics on punt return and teaching pass protection with your O-line this week. So get on over to our coaching network, create your account for just 50 cents a day, and begin learning and connecting with coaches from all over the country. You know, promoting your athletic program and shoot, even, even promoting yourself on social media today is something every coach should be thinking about. And maybe you have no idea about how to go about doing that. Well, you're in luck. Our next sponsor, GoEdit Graphics, has you covered. And what GoEdit Graphics does is allow any coach to create custom graphics in minutes by changing the colors, text, and images to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, to name a few. You need a Twitter for your profile? They got templates for that. Uh, you want to build a recruiting graphic for your athletes? They have a template for that. The platform is easy. It's affordable. No design skills are needed. And so if you're looking for a way to promote the awesome things going on in your athletic program, then the team at GoEdit Graphics has got you covered. Subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. 
Here's something else that's cool. Mention keep your pads down and receive $25 off your showcase yearly package. Go check them out on Twitter at GoEditGraphics or visit their website through the link in today's show notes to see examples of the awesome graphics coaches have already created. You can also check out our Twitter feed for examples as a lot of our show's graphics were created using GoEdit as well. Showcase your athletes with custom graphics in less than two minutes with GoEdit Graphics. Okay, well, now on to today's show with Coach McAuliffe. As I mentioned already, Coach is currently the athletic coordinator and head football coach at Cypress Ranch High School, where he just wrapped up his second season there at the helm. Now, prior to coming to Cypress Ranch, Coach McAuliffe was the head coach at his alma mater and perennial powerhouse, Converse Judson, there in San Antonio, a position he held for five seasons. During that time, Coach helped lead the Rockets to two appearances in the state semifinals and a run of the state quarterfinals. And prior to his five seasons as the head coach of the Rockets, Coach served as the defensive coordinator at Judson for two seasons under head coach Mark Smith. Before that, as I already mentioned, Coach spent time as an assistant at Tyvee High School, where he served as the defensive line coach and the defensive coordinator for the Antlers after making stops at Austin Aiken High School, Lake Travis, San Antonio Holmes, and Jersey Village High School. Well, I really enjoyed talking D-line play with Coach McAuliffe. I know you'll pull some great stuff out of our conversation today, so let's get to it. Here is Coach Sean McAuliffe on episode number 101 of KYPD. Coach McAuliffe, welcome to the podcast. Uh, so glad we get to sit down and talk today. Hey, let's talk some D-line play. What do you say? It sounds like a winner, man. Appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach, before we – we got a lot to dive into. Before we do that, give us a, a brief summary real quick on coaching history, places you've been, things like that. Golly, man. It, it, you know, you blank it. It's been like 23 years now, I guess. Uh, I did two years at a middle school, which is kind of a dying – breed of coaches nowadays uh and then from there got my first job at austin akins that led to uh led to lake travis believe it or not uh i was at san antonio homes for about 15 months jersey village uh for five years kerrville tyvee for four uh at kerrville i got my first defense coordinator job which was a heck of a deal uh, working for mark smith who then took a job at Converse Judson where I grew up and played. And uh, I was a defense coordinator for two years there, five years as a head coach. And now I'm here in a couple of weeks, I'll be on year three, believe it or not, already at uh, Cypress Ranch High School as the head football coach. Yeah, that's that's kind of where, where our connection comes from is, is both of our time spent in Kerrville. We didn't overlap any, but we actually held the same job there. You were the D-line coach there for, like you yep. said, for four years, defense coordinator, and then I was the defensive line coach there a little bit after you. You coached a guy while at Kerrville uh, that some of these guys might be familiar with and Johnny Manziel. So I'm sure you get, like I do, every time I was at a track meet yesterday, uh, and, you know, you get to talk with coaches and mention that I'm from Kerrville or came from Kerrville, and, of course, everybody wants to ask me about Johnny. So I'm sure you've told your fair share of Johnny Manziel stories. Oh, man. Uh, you know, it, it's it's never ending. And then, you know, fortunate enough, I, I've been lucky enough to go talk at a couple of clinics here and there, or whatever. And people go, "Man, you were at Kerrville. What was that like coaching Johnny?" And I'm like, "What? Well, I, I coached the athletic D linemen, the the big kids, the ones that can run a little bit." I, you know, the best thing that ever happened to us is we used to end Wednesdays with a two minute competitive drill, you know, kind of get the juice on for Friday night game, so on and so forth. So throughout Johnny's career, we never stopped him. In fact, it, it it almost became completely laughable, except for the one day the football gods aligned, barometric pressure was right. Uh, it, we actually three and out at him, and you would have thought we won the Super Bowl. I mean, there were kids chunking helmets and coaches running around high fiving, and you know the 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 craziest thing about it is there's Johnny, and you know people. Have, They've got their own opinion on him and so on and so forth. And he was the most distraught human being that day because, you know, it, it was kind of a butt kicking every single time we played against him. And uh, he finally, finally the goose egg was over, man. I, I don't even think I, I don't even think we got our defensive kids back out there to talk, you know, let Mark Smith talk to him at the end. I mean, they were, they were running to Taco Casa, man, to celebrate that deal. And uh, it was cool. 
it was a, uh, I've been blessed, man, to, to be around some really, really good players and good coaches. And uh, he's definitely way up there on the list. Yeah. And of course you mentioned being in some great places. You're from a great place uh, in Converse right. Judson and got to coach there. And, and you know, again, uh, had some, some extremely talented players there while you were there. And, and now uh, at Cypress Ranch, a great school there in, in, the, in the greater Houston area. Uh, talk about in all the time, you've already mentioned Coach Mark Smith, and I know there are some others, but just some guys who've had an influence and impact on you throughout your coaching career. Uh, number one is D.W. Rutledge. You know, he's he's kind of the godfather of, of Texas high school football, in my opinion. I know there's a bunch out there. Uh, I'll tell you, when I, when I was in 10th grade, I knew I wanted to be a football coach. Now, I didn't know I had to teach a class. I just knew I wanted to be a football coach. And that was a direct that that choice or that vision of however you're supposed to say to what I thought I wanted to be was directly tied to my interactions with that guy every single day. And, and you know, he did, uh, he had as big of an impact as my own parents did on me. And, you know, the lessons that he taught us a bazillion years ago are the same things that we're preaching. And I've been preaching ever since I've been fortunate enough to, to kind of run my own program, you know, Mark Smith, uh, really kind of taught me the ins and outs of some organizational things, uh, some principles of defense. And in other words, not being in love with this scheme or that scheme, but being in love with, you know, are you a spill team? Or are you a box team? Or, you know, are you going to play two on the roof? Or are you going to, you know, close the middle of the field? Uh, adaptability organization. And really the last guy, and, and, and this isn't because, you know, D-Dub's one, Mark's two, is uh, David Snookhouse, who's still coaching down the road at Jersey Village. Uh, you know, along my stops, you, you pick up things that you go, I will never do this. And then you go, man, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And with David, his deal was just how he treated people in general. I mean, I, I think he might be, and to this day, he's, he's a dear friend of mine, just how he taught talked to his coaches, how he interacted with coaches outside of the football program. Uh, it was it was really kind of a family atmosphere deal. And, you know, I think that's just as important as how we interact with our kids and, and the guys on my staff. And, you know, you're at a great place. You understand how that works. I mean, it's uh, that the whole idea of a universal athletic program is huge to me. It's kind of like when when we talk about you know kids being a product of their raising. That's that's really how it is with coaches too. You know we are we can't always you know choose who we work for. Um, obviously, you know we get to apply it for jobs and stuff, but you know we don't necessarily know who we're. Sometimes we just don't know the extent of what we're walking into. And I, and right. I think as as coaches, our outlook on the on this profession and 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 uh, on the game of football can can be molded. Uh, you know, by those guys that we happen to uh, to coach under, and and obviously you've been fortunate enough to be under some some really great guys. Oh, wow, well, without a doubt. I mean, it's you know we're we're in the people business, is what I tell people, and and really we're in the shaping. Hopefully, if we do it right, of uh, of young people that it's cliche cliche as it sounds. When they walk out these doors, three years, four years, depending on where they're at that we did something that impacted them that they can go on and be, you know, in football, run a successful business, handle, have, have a successful marriage, be a great dad, you know, commute, contribute to their community, those types of things. And, you know, to me, that's just as important as what we do on a Friday night. And, you know, I, again, I think that goes back to, being a, you know, freckle-faced defensive lineman for, for D.W. Rutledge. I mean, he, it was every single day something about how you need to be a better version of yourself and those types of things. And, you know, I'd like to think that <clears throat> I've done a pretty decent job of hopefully impacting some kids. And, uh, you know, we, we take – we do a character development deal here every single day. I mean, it's – some guys do a classroom phase. Some guys do, you know, we're going to take two weeks and talk about life skills. But I mean, it's it's every day. That That's before we ever hit a squat rack, hit a sled, whole nine yards. I mean, there's going to be something that we're going to, a theme that we hang our hat on kind of for the week. And 
we're just going to work through that thing. And then the next week we're going to go to the next one. And, then, you know, and hopefully over the course of four years, we've kind of built a moral compass for some kids that, you know, when things don't go their way, they know how to handle it. Or when things do go their way, they know how to handle it. You know, be the best version of themselves. That makes any sense. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. That's that's definitely uh, a component that you have to be leading with, especially today when that's not uh, necessarily always being taken care of at home. So well, let's 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 jump into your defensive philosophy. Uh, you are, um, you know, a, a still a, a defensive coordinator at heart, even though you're the head guy now. I know that yeah. you know, for for you guys who were longtime coordinators, it's hard to sometimes let go of the reins completely. So talk about how your, you know, what your defensive philosophy is now and how that has, you know, began and then how it's uh, morphed over the years. Uh, you know, it's funny when I worked at Jersey Village, uh, Jason Holman, good buddy of mine, head coach AD at Tatum, Texas, was our DC. And he was fortunate enough to play for Gene Chizik. So we were Gene Chizik, stack four checks, four, three, play with six technique, three technique. We got exotic. We played with like a two-eye type deal, you know, quarters-based base thing. And, uh, you know, as luck would have it, I ended up in Kerrville. Get over there, and Mark Smith was an over-under guy, which was essentially Gene Chizik's stack four checks. And uh, as the story goes, we went through two scrimmages, game plan on a Sunday, show up on a Monday, and I've got a packet. It's four pages of fronts four pages of coverages and it was an odd structure and that's the first lesson that I learned from him was get the best 11 on the field and at that time we had three safeties that we felt really good about but one of them was going to have to split reps so we totally scratched an even front that we had scrimmaged you know two scrimmages sent the video whole nine yards <clears throat> to San Antonio Roosevelt and long story short an odd front ever since and uh, so we're we're a three four base uh we're going to play quarters coverage some variation of a read to uh is where it originates now since moving back out here to the to the houston area with all the spread rpo game uh what was a portion of the package the three high safety stuff has now evolved into kind of the package so depending on who we play we can look like a true three, four, you know, we got two, eight techniques, two 30 backers uh, play with the zero nose and two, four techniques, two safeties that are uh, loosely tied to a hash and, and that type of deal. So it, I've stuck with this package ever since Kerrville, just because of the flexibility. And if I'm being honest, you know, and you know, this coach, but Kerrville, Texas doesn't usually produce big defense alignment. No, it does not. You know, and so we put this package in and we learned how to to slant and angle these guys and studied Tim DeRuder's stuff at A&M, thanks to Johnny. Uh, took that to Judson, and all of a sudden those kids were three inches taller and suddenly ran four sixes. And we're like, whoa, this is the way to do this. Fast forward, come out to uh, Cypress Ranch. You know, I was going to hire a defense coordinator, which I did, but I got to put in what I know and what I felt good about, and, and that's exactly what we did. And then from there, it's it's just kind of evolved into different ways that that we play D-linemen based on the personnel that we have available to us, if that makes sense. So in a nutshell, we're a 3-4 base defense that will get in and out of a three-high structure based on what you do. You talk with offensive coaches and, and talking with them on this podcast, you know, they are – uh, I, I guess kind of the, the hot thing to say is we're going to take what the defense gives us and right. they always have an answer for everything you do and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and I think, though, that the transition you're seeing on our side of the ball is, is that, you know, if the offense is going to be multiple, we're going to have the ability to be multiple 100%. Um, to counter that. And, and so uh, let's talk about your front. Now, you talked about how you, know, you guys will play, you know, head up fours and a zero nose. But I know that you have some some other techniques that you'll play with those guys just talk about those techniques that sure. you're playing and, and you know how you're playing those so it originates the the original way that we started this deal is we played with two head up fours and the reason why we played with fours is in theory offensive guys have to figure out where that guy is going is that guy a c gap player or is he a b gap player 
So originally we would push the front to the right, push the front to the left. So if I'm the right end, they push the front to me, I end up the five, the nose ends up the shade, backside guy ends up the four. Same thing if we went the other direction. Since then, we have gravitated to, that's where we originate. We One is gonna play a true mirror five. So if I push the front to my right end, he's gonna play what we call a mirror. And basically he's a two gap technique. We don't care if he fits the B gap or fits the C gap, as long as the guard doesn't overtake him. That's the beauty of it. The nose is gonna to push to the inside hip of the guard. The backside left end in this scenario would push to the hip of, of the guard on his side. So in as simplest of terms, we are a weak Eagle G defense is what we've ended up playing. Um, you know, nowadays these offensive guys, man, they'll, they'll get in two by two spread. The next play, they'll have an H back. The next play, they'll have an attached tight end. So we've come up with a way not only to push the front based on where the tight end set or where the offset back is, things of that nature. We can play those two ends in those exact same alignments and play uh, what we call a five jam four. So if the tackle steps to me, I play under in the B gap. If the tackle beer releases inside, uh, however you want to term that, I stay a five and squeeze, fill the football. So structurally up front, it doesn't look a whole lot different, but what we're doing call to call to call can be completely different. Uh, you know, we played a triple team for two years down here and we gave them a zero, two head up fours, two 30 backers, two eight techniques, two safeties. You know, and we would go from pushing the front to field, the very next call pushing them to the boundary, the very next call playing double fours, the very next call playing double fives, and it all looks the same. So you had mentioned this, you know, the offensive guys always had the pin last, they always got the answer. Well, our answer to that or counter to that is we're going to give you the same look, and then as soon as that ball snaps, that's when – you get to figure out where exactly these guys are going and what exactly are we doing with them. Uh, and it, it's, it's been really good to us. You know, uh, there's some base rules that we have, you know, if we get a tight end two back set, we're going to push to the tight end as a base rule. Uh, you give us uh, 10 personnel spread based on your run game, we're either going to push to the back away from the back. If you're a, a field boundary type oriented team, we can play a field call and a boundary call. You know, and I think the three, four, and the way we play these D linemen, they're all taught the same. So I've got three on the field, but each one of those kids can play a nose, they can play a four, they can play a five, they can play a read, five jam four. So it's universal. So those three kids actually count for two kids. And that kind of goes back to the philosophy of why we do this is we don't have to chase around D linemen and oh. You know, we're in a four down, but we really don't have four down people. How are we going to make this thing work? Well, for us, we stay in a three down. We teach them how to play a four, how to play a five, you know, how to play a shade technique. And uh, once they learn those, you can plug them in wherever you want them to be. And, uh, you know, that's that's been really good to us. Yeah, I want to talk about your, you know, some of those techniques talking about, you know, your playing your fours and your five jam four. Because, you know, we've talked, uh, you know, previously leading up to this this conversation about how we do uh, the same thing with our fours, you know, where where they can play, they can be a C-gap or a B-gap player just depending on what that offensive line does. And I really yeah. like it a lot because, you know, where people might think that it makes them hesitant or a little bit, you know, unsure and uncertain, maybe they don't get off the ball as hard. I think it's the exact opposite because they don't have to worry about, like, if I'm a four, I don't necessarily have to worry about getting reached. 100%. Which that's always a huge worry out of defensive ends is getting reached and so and playing that and they don't have to worry about that. It's just don't get reached by the guard. And then same thing with that five. And I want to make sure I got this right with with your five jam four technique. So if those guys, if I get an aggressive block, basically if you boils down to this, this is what I what I think you were saying. If I get an aggressive block from that tackle, I'm going to slip in a B gap. One hundred percent. Not non aggressive. I'm playing C. One hundred percent. Which, which again, when you just break it down to those categories, it's really, really simple for those guys. And one of the toughest things for a defensive end is, is to play a base block and get that guy's 
that tackle's butt back in that hole and get his shoulders turned. Well, now if you're saying, well, hey, dude, just slip in a B gap. And then you, and then obviously you have now your gap exchange with your linebacker and letting your linebacker take the quarterback or whoever it is. That's right. So we, we do a lot of teaching with our guys based on uh, what we call anchor points, right? So essentially, if we have, we're in a two backer defense look, you know, the mic and the wheel, their anchor point is the nose. The two A techniques, their anchor point is the end. So it's, it's really easy to teach run fits. What you had, the, the trick is, is those eight techniques kind of have to know, is the front coming to me or is the front going away from me? But at the end of the day, it's daylight darkness. You know, uh, let's say I'm pushing the front to the left. I'm the left outside eight technique. And they're running, they're running full zone uh, stretch to me. Okay. As I go to fit that football, well, if that five technique ends up in the B gap, all I do is take the daylight form and now it's gapped. If the five stays there and he gets this thing cut off, all I do is fold fit over to the next daylight. So I think what it allows kids to do is play with clear minds, right? Because the last thing you want to do, in my opinion, is to overburden a kid with 400 different scenarios. You know, so it's really, really simple. I mean, hey, we push you right and I'm the right end. I'm a mirror. That's it. Period. You know, he steps, if he steps anything aggressive to you, slip. You're underneath your B gap run fit. Now, look to spill the football from there. Anything passive, you're the anchor point. Set the edge. Cut the, you know, you want to cut the field in half, that type of stuff. And it's been really good. It's been really, really good for us. Uh, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough in my career to have some really, really good D linemen. I've also had some some D linemen, you know, kid named Ben Ledesma and Brian Sherman that go back to my Kerrville days that, you know, you're talking about five, eight, 170 pound kids that are that are war daddies because they played with flatbacks and they were smart. And we didn't overburden them with a million different things that we're asking them to do. It's very, very simple and you know, allows them to play aggressive, like you said. Talking about um, you know playing playing that where you're you're able to do both. How how do you coach up your uh, your get offs with those guys? Like is it you know if I am pushing if I am the the you know one of those defensive ends one of those defensive tackles, are we are we read and attack or, or uh, attack and react or react and attack? How, how what's your philosophy on that? Okay, so for for people that are going to listen to this, there's a guy named Eric Hammond at KD High School. Yep, he's been on the podcast. Okay, Hammond is my guy. He has been a friend of mine all the way back to Jersey Village. was like 2004, 2008. He was at Single Ranch at the time. They were a four down. We were four down. So we'd get together and talk four down football. He goes to Katie. I go on my way to, to Tybee. One thing leads to another. We are pass cross. And it might have been coaching school or something. Anyways, we, get, we sat down. And you know how coaches are. We got to get the napkins out. He just started drawing and he showed me this deal. And it's really simple. You take PVC, like one inch PVC pipe, cut it about 18 inches, get you a four-way connector. And we start in a box. If this makes any sense at all. Okay. And I'd say, all right, man, we're pushing to our left. So that guy, that kid in the box, he's on the right-hand side. And all he's going to do is on set hit. The first thing he does is he pushes his left foot diagonally into the left box and then the right foot comes right with it. So to answer your question, we play more lateral with our guys and have calls that allow them to play a whole lot more aggressive vertically. Uh, in fact, this spring, one of the things we're studying is, you know, the great debate that we always have is with the four technique. Do we want to try to cut the field in half with the four and then play more north and south and aggressive, or do we want to play more of a sliding, kind of a sliding glass door, if that makes sense. And, and there's merits to both. So what we, just like we'll do probably in two weeks from now, after we debate it for two weeks, we'll go, well, hell, we'll just keep the, keep the same call. And it's really complicated. We call it jet. And all that tells them to do is, if I'm the four, I'm going to jet the B gap, you know, eyes inside, look to spill, Come underneath any trap, kick out block, that type of deal. 
try to cut the field in half. If it's a zone run to you, stretch to you, toss to you, we're trying to get north right now and shorten the field, you know. And uh, it, it's been good. And, you know, just like this morning, I'm out there with D-linemen and they've got their little tees and they kind of know the drill. I mean, it's, it's through all my rambling, if nobody gets anything, find your set of drills, your everyday deal, and stick with them. And one of our everyday ones is a footwork drill. It's the exact same footwork. So our freshmen all the way up to, you know, defensive ends that we have that got a shot to go play college football, they do the exact same drill. You know, here we go, right, 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 and they all step. Here we go, left, 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 they all step. All right, hey, we're playing a jam technique. Now I put a guy in front of him, and he passively, you know, he steps. I come under, okay, he stepped away from me. I, I'm off his butt. So D-line footwork to me is one of the most undercoached things for that position. And once you get their footwork right, I think you got a fighting chance with your kids being a lateral step or a vertical step or the six inch power step, whatever it is people believe in, they, they just got to find a way to drill it over and over. Cause it's like, I tell our kids where my feet go, my hands go, where my hands go, my eyes go. It's all one body part. Can't have my feet going straight. My eyes looking left, right? If I'm going to play like we do more of a sliding glass door, my eyes got to go where my feet go, and I throw my hands where my eyes are. And it all kind of just ties back back together. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember uh, now that you mentioned that, Coach uh, Hammond and I talked for a while about about their their footwork and and his the PVC pipes. Um, now that you're, you're talking about it. I'm telling you, there, there's two things that have happened. I've been extremely blessed with good guys been extremely blessed to coach really good players. And I think because of those two things, it has led me to a network of people that know what they're doing way more than I do. And I just steal their ideas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that's coaches are, are the, are the, uh, the best thieves when it comes to that kind of stuff. 100%. So when you're talking about pushing your front, do you always like, are they always all going in the same direction or is it maybe just the tackles or just one side? Or, I mean, how does that, how does that work? So, so as a base rule for us, you know, let's say we made a field call, okay, and the field's to, to my right. The right end, if I'm the right end, I'm actually not really doing anything. I'm reacting 100% to the tackle. So if that tackle never moves, my guy should never get out of stance, ever. The nose and who and the left thing who's out the backside four, those guys are working the exact same slant mirror footwork. So the next man over playing the next hit is how that works. We have a way of the, the five jam four technique where both of them do it. And then we've also figured out a way that we game plan and we're like, look, to the side of the back this week, we need to play, we need to play what we call our jam technique. So the nose will still push. That backside in is now kind of playing that read, you know, did I get a passive set or did I get an aggressive block? He's aggressive, I'm under. It's passive, I'm off his butt, you know, that type of deal. So for us, game plan and what you do dictates how what we're going to do. So, you know, we're going to go into a game, a game with our base rules. Uh, hey, we're going to push the tight end, push away from the back all that stuff, and then we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of what people do and try to figure out the absolute best way to gap out the football based on your tendencies and that type of stuff. So some of our, you know, one game we may play five jam fours and punch the nose right up through the center uh, and try to get a knockback on that guy. The next week we may play that jam technique and tell the nose, hey, look, everything's across formation. You're playing it just like a right or left call. No big deal. Uh, the following week, we may not play jam at all. We may be just playing our normal right-left stuff where we're pushing those guys. So it, it's, you know, the week-to-week -week progression. So by the time, theoretically, you play us in week five, you've probably seen those ends and that nose play a whole bunch of different ways. And uh, it, it's I think, again, going back to your, your question on philosophy, I think that's 
the trick to football. Leave the inside backers reads. The reads are the reads. Coverage guys, the coverage is the coverage. I'll try to ask a coverage guy to be a run fitter if he's got to be the, the middle of the field player. It's kind of hard to do that, you know, and you just marry it up. So we, we take the pressure off those guys like our Mike and our Will. We, we make it as simple as we can for them. Those down three do a bunch, but it's very, very simple because it all ties back to it's just like blah, blah. And we, you know, we try to teach teaching that concept, you know, once we put something in, even in the back end, you know, we have a couple different ways of playing cover three, right? So to our outside Sam backer who goes to our strength, we may tell him, hey, look, this week we're going to put in, we're going to put in swap because what the heck swap? Swap is just like screw. The only difference is, is now you're outside of number two. Okay, coach, I got it. And boom, next thing you know, you got a coverage in. Right. Same concept with our D lineman. So to answer your question, it, it really kind of depends on, on uh, you know, who we're playing and that type of stuff. On that five jam four technique, is your is your footwork, you know, it, it's I'm, I'm assuming it's less lateral at that point and more of we're getting off the ball and getting in that guy's grill so that we can feel him quicker and, and decide, you know, what we need to be doing. So so after playing this for a couple of years, uh, and I think some of it has to do we we're, we're blessed we've got two really good ends coming back this year. We have actually tinkered with the zero nose and playing with fives. And the theory behind playing them as fives the whole time is it buys them a little bit more time to react to the block. Uh, we have played at five jam four. Uh, in fact, if you asked me today and we went outside and I was going to teach it to you. I would tell them it's the same thing as playing a mirror technique. The only difference is if he steps to you, play under. That's the exact coaching word we tell him. If he steps away, play a five. When in doubt, play under. As you know, and you know, as your as your followers probably know, if I gap out the B, the B gap, ball's got to go to the C gap. If we gap the C, it's got to go to the next one. You know, and. That goes, again, it goes kind of back to the whole principle. And, and I, you know, when I first started coaching D-line at Jersey Village, man, it was like a mortal sin. Like Sparta, I had to kick you off the off the cliff if you ever got reached as a three technique. You know, and now you fast forward 15 years or whatever it's been, it's like, that really doesn't matter. What matters is, did the center just took you? Now we've been right. gapped. Yeah. We cannot yeah. fit the football. Right. So there's there's a whole lot of there's a lot of of, of things you know, and I, I just think football the way it goes, it, particularly as good as offenses are now. And you better line up with some clear-headed kids that that are ready to, to play physical and run to the football and tackle well. Because if you got one that's like, okay, coach said I got to take that step, and then I got to take this step, and then I got to shoot my hands, as opposed to hey, look, man, we just you're left in. We made a right call. Hey, it's a lateral, you know, it's a step in your next box and a step in the diagonal step of the box. See what the guard's doing and play football from there. The guard goes away. He pulls, chasing. If he steps to you, punch, long arm, redirect. Fit the B-gap. Don't let the tackle cut you out of the B-gap. I mean, that's about as tricky as it gets for us. Yeah, which, I, again, I think is the beauty of being able to play both of those gaps because – uh, you can afford to, to quote unquote, be wrong. You know, like you said, I'm, I haven't been coaching that long, but when I, you know, first started out, you know, like we're, we're repping as, as five techniques, we're repping steer drill. And we still do this uh, a lot. Yeah. We still rep this drill, but man, it's, it's, that's all the time. I can't get reached, can't get reached, can't get reached, can't get reached. And so then you get kids taking with their, their inside foot, they're stepping, they're, they're, right. they're, they're constantly afraid of that. Like that's, and then and then they get a down block and and they 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 don't get anything on that tackle and the ta tackle's killing our linebacker. Uh, yeah, that that's because they stepped out because all they've heard is they'll right. never get reached. Right. So right. so now, in my opinion, now you got the you got the whole deal where you're like, okay, where's your focal point? What's your vision point? You know, some guys key be an X. Uh, you know, we're a hip and a foot guy. That's it. So if a kid really screws something up, the first thing I I ask him is, 
where were your eyes? The only that are 100% okay. So that means, you know, maybe you understepped or whatever. But the first question you ask is where are your eyes? And if it's not on that near hip or that near foot, you were beat at birth. It didn't matter what you did, you know, and kids are going to do whatever it is you emphasize is, is what I've come to find out in this little journey of mine. You know, so if you're going to emphasize like the thing that just cannot happen, you're creating a kid that's going to go out there and go, God, all I know is I better not get reached tonight. Well, hey, as luck would have it, that they've been running counter to you the whole night and you're getting the crap knocked out of you. And, you know, we don't hey, but you're not getting player. reached. <laughs> yeah, hey, coach, I didn't get reached. Yeah. You see Landon back there in the back picking his teeth up? That ain't no yeah. good either, man. Yeah. 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 Well, how how are y'all coaching? Uh, so well, okay. So when you're pushing, you know, I, let's you know, I'm pushing to the right, to the left. Okay. Uh, that 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 slant or that that technique that I'm that I'm stepping as I'm assuming, it's it's a diagonal step. Yep. Uh, I'll let you tell me. I won't try to guess. It, it, just talk about you know, diagonal step, shoulder square, ripping, or hands. Where are my hands? Where are my eyes? Things like that. What one hundred percent? So, so if I if if I'm pushing, uh, we'll use, uh, I'm the left end, we're pushing right. Okay, my first step, even before we get to that, the first thing that we tell our kids, and, and this is, I, I may I may get booed here in a minute, but, you know, guys have always taught cover hand down, ball hand down, gap hand down. 100%, I totally get that. Then I got, you know, out of Kerrville, lesser athlete, can't get cut, you know, you want to make sure you get hands. We talked, I, I taught that for 100 years then i got to judson and i had a kid that was an absolute monster in a right-handed stance but the minute he had to go to the left-handed stance he couldn't play dead in a western so i was sitting there thinking okay why am i forcing this kid to do this so what i ended up doing is okay here we go we're going to start from the the basics i teach him how to get in a four-point stance and then from there right hand up left hand up after that, you know, now we want to be flat back and, you know, we're, we're not getting in uh, Javon Kerr's super long stance pass rush mode. Our feet are level, the weight distribution, uh, depending on if I'm pushing like a four technique, you know, so if I'm the left end, I'm kind of loaded up on my, my left foot because really that's the snap of my hip to get that right foot down diagonally, just like you said. So as I step, my eyes and my hands are throwing right now to that guard. In fact, we tell them, thumb to your gap. Don't try to target anybody because you don't know what's going to show up in that gap. Throw your hands to the gap. Okay? Throw your hands to the gap, and somebody shows up my eyes to the gap. My immediate next step is once I get my right foot in the ground after taking that, right, that diagonal step is a redirect. So it's, it's kind of like... One, two, one, two. It's it, it's almost like teaching a kid how to how to dance a little bit. It's like right, left, right, left, you know, and kind of turn and all that other stuff. Um, so then it comes from footwork to answer your question. So the footwork now goes immediately into what are what am I seeing visually? Okay, so if if I'm a left end and we're pushing right, my right foot's gonna diagonal at a 45 my left foot is either going to go straight because i'm redirecting or it's going to come with that right foot and i'm now playing football from there three four guys we get a lot of fan blocks tackle wants to block out on the eight the the guard wants to block out on on the four right so when we get a fan block left hand pushing right i get an out block fan however you want to call it right foot in the ground left foot in the ground post sit and anchor I set the anchor right there. Okay, I get zone action to me. Right foot in the ground, left foot redirects. I'm long arming the guard. My eyes are no longer on him. I snap to the tackle. Guard, I'm just protecting myself. I may hit him and I may not even touch him. All I know is as soon as that left foot hits the ground, I'm turning and running. I'm going to go try to try and get get back as close as I can to that tackle. That makes any sense. Our four technique versus a pool, he's chasing. Turn the turn the dog loose. In fact, we tell him, man, you're like a pit bull that just got cut off the chain. That guy pulls, go. Uh, you know, and there's some things that we do. 
and we try to teach him, you know, the angle of the center is, is the center. Can you see his face, the, you know, his face mask, if you can, you know, you're over the top. If you can't see his face mask, we dip him a little bit, you know, try to get the shoulder down and come off the backside of him, that type of stuff. So we really try to tie the footwork into what I'm saying. No different than the nose tackle. Nose tackle is the exact same thing as four technique. I'm going to step to my guard. Is my guard to me or away from me? Okay, guard's coming back to me. Right foot in the ground, left foot redirect, long arm to guard, find the center. I'm a center. Uh, I'm, I'm a nose tackle. We're pushing to the right. That right guard pulls. It's a G-series buck sweep. That center means absolutely nothing to you. Chase him, just like a four technique would. So the nose and the four, their footwork is the initial push, and then their next step is based on what they're doing, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You know, the number five, the guy that plays true head up, you know, if he steps to my right, I'm stepping to my right. He steps left, I step left. He steps straight at me, I step straight at him. He pass sets, you know, now I'm getting into flipping my hips and, and all that other fun stuff that every kid in America wants to do. That That's very similar to just your standard defensive end or defensive line, you know, footwork as far as, hey, your first step's always the same and your second step is your in-flight adjustment step or it's dependent upon, that's your reaction step. But the first step, no matter what, that's that's always the same. 100%. I mean, that that first step, if I'm, if I'm going to end up being a B-gap player and a nose being the A-gap, whichever way we end up pushing them, it's the exact same step. And uh again that's it's the beauty of what we do i think in my opinion is i could take a nose tackle and you know one of our ends gets hurt and he's a breather whatever all i do is slide him over to that end and plug in the next kid and we're off to the races there's no reteaching there's no reinventing the wheel they're all taught the same thing you know like play a team that runs the power you know with an h back or a y offset every single defensive lineman is going to get in the exact same pod and we're going to spill the power. And I tell every single one of them, Hey, every, everybody, this, Hey, this series right here, this go around, we're all mirror five, spill the power. Okay. Well, how do you spill the power? I'm going to butt press, latch the tackle, get hip to hip. We try to squeeze, we try to spill the ball on our feet. We, we don't, uh, you know, it's like the theory, if you're on your feet, you got a chance to make a play, that type of deal. Uh, try to play as square as we can. And then the very next re-drill may be double teams. So to an end, all I tell them is, look, man, that guy's nothing more than a tight end to you. You're going to work a double team. Nose is, hey, that guy right there is the center, that's the guard. Or I'll tell the end that, you know, we've got some that can truly flip in there and play a nose by body type and all that. And double teams, double team. All they know is I'm working a double team, and this is how we're going to fit the football. Everybody's got their kind of their own way of coaching, defeating double teams. Was ta- I was talking uh, with a a former player this week uh, who's uh, playing at the next level, and that's something he's struggling with. And so it's it's every level. And I remember just speaking of Kerrville, being in Kerrville, I think I tried every way you can coach <laughs> defeating double teams when you have you know five foot three. Uh, converted, you know, linebackers or or whatever oh, yeah. kids over there playing, and you're and, and they're just getting blown off the ball, and, and you're just pulling your hair out. So how how are y'all coaching up defeating double teams? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of a background story on it. We had a kid at Judson that signed with U of H. Early enrollees, spring we we get a wild hair. Hey, let's go down there and check on him. Watch the spring practice. Well, they have Ed Oliver. It's fixing to go into his senior year. I'm like, man, I'm going to say hi to our kid, and I'm going to go watch this dude. He's he's fixing to be like multi, multi-millionaire. He's bad to the bone. <laughs> Dumb luck. They were working double teams that day. So Ed, he's in a, he, he starts every drill, right? And then he goes and gets a drink of water, whatever Ed does, and then he rolls back into the next row. Anyway, so on the double teams, I start watching these guys and I've always thought the concept of like a fist fight. If I got two guys that I'm about to fight, I'm not swinging at the guy that's far 
from me. I'm going to get the guy in front of me under control, right? So we talk about a knockback. We want to knock back that guy and create a little bit of a crease. Now, where the U of H story ties into it is they actually taught the same concept, create space, get a knockback, and then what they do is they drop their gap knee and they post with their gap hand and they literally get on a knee and the tackle slides right over the top. And then I just pop up and, you know, for us, we either teach a rip or an arm over based on, you know, the lever of the kid. I've got some that get long arms and can arm over. And I've got some that, you know, they, they've got three-year-old baby arms out there and they're rippers. Uh, but honestly, that's how we teach it. First thing is I got to get a knockback, create space. I drop my gap knee to my gap. I post with my gap hand. Once I feel the tackle slide off the top of me, I pop up. Now, the trick to all this is kids understanding which one is supposed to be your gap knee. Because if they drop what I would term their man knee, they're fixing to get rolled up into a ball. Yes. And, and it's ugly. But ever since that day, I was like, man, I think I want to teach it this way. And then, you know, on the way home, you're like, yeah, that's Ed Oliver's first-round draft pick. Whatever. And then you start thinking about, wait a minute, though. After Ed went, another guy went and another guy and then eventually got to the walk-on guy and the walk-on guy was doing the exact same thing or being taught the exact same thing that Ed was being taught. And I'm thinking, well, goes back to the theory, whatever it is you believe in, figure out how to teach it the right way. And if your kids can do it, go with it. And that that's how we play double teams. They, our kids absolutely hate it because they pop down on a knee. And then the first day we get to put pads on, that's the first drill we do against our O-line. You know, whether we're going to be a big double team team or not that year, it doesn't matter. It's like, here we go, O-line. Now you finally get to tee off on this guy that's been running his mouth at you for, you know, all summer long. Now you can't block him, and it never fails. The first day, it's brutal. Like, I'm ready to, like, quit. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go be a head coach. Somebody else come coach these guys. Yeah. It gets yeah. better. It gets better. It gets better, and, and the whole idea I think behind it is that tackle is is playing offensive tackle for a reason. He's not good enough to play on the defensive side of the ball, so they put him over there. That kid is not disciplined enough. You know, there's nobody there in the gap to box, so he just punches and kind of works his way up to your back rule. When that happens, we teach our more athletic, bigger body kid to pop up and fit the football, and it's been really really good for us you know it, it's like anything else so that's something that you got to rep over and over and over and over you know uh, it's gotten to a point now out here that kids are like coach they run the spread man they ain't double teaming nobody yep well in case they do we'll go ahead and work it yeah you're right because it's one of those things that if you don't rep it you're, you're just not going to be good at it and and i've i've seen that uh you know and actually we had that that University of Houston D line coach on he's now at Katie uh, a couple weeks ago. AJ, my guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he actually, I think I have some clips up maybe on our our uh, Twitter feed of of them doing that drill against a wall where they're they're dropping a knee and and yep. I think he might have said it or maybe someone else who does that technique is that the point is they don't actually have to get their knee on the ground like that's right. like you're not actually saying hey you didn't get your knee on it. like but it's just getting those hips turned into that pressure. And yep. decreasing the surface area, you know, 100%. like, like if they don't actually get their knee on the ground, that's okay. And now probably when you're starting out teaching it, that's what you're going to have them do. But yep. as the game goes on, or as, as, as they get better at it, more comfortable, they're not, they may not actually have that knee on the ground. They're just, it's, it's slipping that. And you know, what's you know, what's funny about it is, you know, or the better kids, your older kids, strong kids, guys that are going to play for you is you teach it to them the first time and they're looking at you like you got four heads and then they do it right. They're like, ah, and then what they figure out is if I can knock this guy and get him stood up, that knee's never even going to get close to the ground. Cause as soon as I get that crease, that separation, all I'm doing is sitting to pressure. Kind of hard to move a guy that's, you know, pads are below yours and you know, that type of deal. Those yeah. And, and, and another thing too, is if they can, you know, another way of doing it kind of on top of that is if I, if I'm, if I'm physical enough with that pressure key, yep. uh, sorry, not the pressure key, the post that my, that postman in front of me, 
you know, I can I can even snatch him to the ground in a lot of cases, use his aggressiveness against against him, and now there's there's no more double team. That, exactly. You know, and that that leads into, you know, how do you teach a kid to escape? Well, how do you teach a kid pass rush? You know, we get off blocks exactly how you just described it because the first thing we teach him is to snatch and you know, uses momentum against him. And that that's how we end up getting off all our blocks. Is it all starts with the snatch and an arm over, snatch with the rip. You know, and then when you teach pass rush, it's like it's no different than getting off a block, man. The only difference is you're on a half man, right? I'm gonna snatch him. And then when I go to jerk, I'm flipping a hip. Create right. a short edge, go find the quarterback. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, coach, we have to uh we have to wrap things up today. Uh, but gotcha. before before we get out of here, I do want to uh, I, I want to give you an opportunity to to answer this question because you are a San Antonio guy, and coaching school is going to be back this summer in San Antonio after not having one last year. You know right. it's gonna you know it's gonna be packed. It's gonna be a lot of coaches there eager to to talk some football and get out on the Riverwalk maybe and and uh, you know do all that sort of thing. So here's what I want from you. Give us your restaurant recommendations <laughs> for guys coming who aren't familiar with the San Antonio area from a guy who's, who's from San Antonio. Give us your San Antonio rec- restaurant recommendations. All right, here you go. The absolute best, Mi Tierra, right there, period. Yeah, that's, that's uh, Mi Tierra is, you know, if, if you haven't been there, that's an experience in and of itself. And you got to definitely Mi Tierra. Is- hey, you got you to gotta pay the 20 bucks and have the dude sing to you, man. It's it. You know, it's kind of a game changer in your meal. Now the trick is don't keep paying it. Never leave you. Don't <laughs> yeah. talk to anybody. But no, if you want like legit, authentic Mexican food, like you can get some cabrito, go there. Uh, you know, anything that's kind of off the Riverwalk, like Mitera is, it's down a ways. That, that's a great place to go. Go break bread, man. Good, good spot in the universe. That is, that's a, that is a great spot, and you know that's one of the things. And I'm sure you can can relate. You know, being up here, uh, love being up here, but I, I miss the food uh, from that oh, area. Yeah. Uh, we were at a track meet the other day, and I said, "Man, if we were down in the San Antonio area, I could go get me a sausage wrap. You know, a, a, some sausage and, and it wrapped up in a tortilla, and it would be off the chain. You know, because every everybody has that, and 100%, you know, it's man. probably a homemade tortilla." Uh, yep. and, and so that's, that's definitely something I miss and we're, we're going to be down that, that way this summer. And I'm looking forward to getting some good food down there. Heck yeah, man. San Antonio is a good spot. Well, coach, thanks so much for, for joining us today. And I uh, really appreciate you taking some time to, uh, to share some knowledge with us and want to wish you, uh, the best of luck in 2021. Hey, I appreciate it. You know, it's a, it's a heck of a deal. You've had some Really, really good guys on here. Uh, back at you. Good luck to you guys. Thanks again to Coach McCullough for joining us today and for dropping some knowledge on us. Go give Coach a follow on Twitter at ranch underscore Coach Mac and let him know you heard him here on KYPD. You can also find his email address in the show notes of today's episode. And now the show notes are also where you'll find a link to our merch store. And remember, you can still get 20% off all KYPD merch this week. Be sure to enter the promo code KYPD100. You can also find links to our sponsors there in the show notes as well. So be sure to check those out. Our quote of the day goes like this. No, dear brothers, I'm still not as I should be, but I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. And that is from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And with that, we will put a wrap on episode number 101. Join us right back here next week for a brand new episode of KYPD. Until then, I'm going to enjoy my spring break. You guys have a great week doing whatever it is you're doing. Be a difference maker wherever you are. And, of course, always remember. Keep the pads down.